So, good morning, uh, good afternoon, and even good evening to our listeners on Ateneo Speed's podcast, Speak Out. I am your host. Uh, my name is Rana, an alumni of Speed, or as they call us, alumni uh, of Ateneo Speed. So, today for um, Speed's Project Aspire, we are going to talk about the opportunity and inclusivity. So, we're going to sit down and really discuss and learn more about our inclusive owners and their companies that are inclusive along with their experiences. So, um, as I mentioned earlier, you are turning into a part of our podcast series, Speak Out, episodes one and two. Uh, wherein the second one has been divided into three parts, have already been uploaded. So if you haven't uh, listened to them yet, check them out. Uh, it will always be on the Ateneo Speeds page. And for first-time listeners, uh, really for those who want to listen to it again. So I uh, encourage you guys, uh, listen to it. You'll learn a lot. So just to reiterate, the purpose of this podcast uh, aims to raise awareness about the PWD sector by having much-needed conversations about the advocacy. So the podcast, you know, breathes new life into a beloved initiative by providing a space for different members of the sector and advocates to exchange insights by exploring various topics about these. So striving for a more inclusive society begins when we speak out. So today's episode is called Opportunity and Inclusivity. Uh, we have some interesting and relevant topics such as the difference between diversity and inclusion in the workplace and why disability inclusion matters in the workforce. So really important stuff considering the shifting paradigm of the workplace due to the pandemic and the fact that the modern workplace is also rapidly evolving. Um, and with many of the listeners being possible or future business owners, the conversations about inclusivity really begins with us. So um, today we'll be having uh, two guest speakers um, in this episode of Speak Out. Oh, sorry. <laughs> One guest speaker pala, sorry, for our um, episode of Speak Out. So to start off with, let me give her a quick intro. She studied child development and education major in special education at Miriam College. She is currently a private school, a private preschool teacher. She has been a guest speaker for various universities such as UP Diliman, Ateneo de Manila, UP Manila, uh, and La Salle University. De La Salle University. Also, along with that, she is a resource person for the first reading of the Consolidated Autism Bills at the Senate of the Philippines. And with that, let us welcome Ma'am Shab Kanoy. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Great for having me. Yes, and thank you for joining us. So um, before we proceed with today's discussion, um, please kindly introduce yourself once more and maybe um, give us a quick, just a brief background about your company, Ma'am Shab. Okay. Um, well, as you mentioned, I took up child development and education in college, and I worked as a preschool teacher ever since I was um, a college student. I was already volunteering my time at a local preschool near my area. And then after I graduated, I continued working there for 
five, six more years. Um, but then in 2014, I think around April, we decided, at, my family and I decided that, you know, it was time for us to do something concrete for my brother, who's younger than me by two years. Um, and he was diagnosed with autism when he was four years old. So at that time, he was uh, 20. Yeah, 20. Am I correct? No. <laughs> Around that age. But it was, um, yeah, it was a decision that we had to really talk about and brainstorm about because he he wasn't really doing much. He, he would attend his, his um, speech therapy and group therapy sessions. He would, um, he travels with us. But other than that, there was really not much he was, he was doing with his time. And we, we knew, of course, that he spent his years really working hard to, to attain all the skills that he has. So it was being put to waste, in my opinion. Because, of course, especially at that time, there were almost no opportunities for individuals like him. So we decided that it was going to be up to us to create that opportunity for him. So we started brainstorming on an idea. Initially, we started with a small convenience store idea because Jose is very fond of arranging things, seeing mm -hmm. things in order. So we thought that an environment like that would be both comforting for him, but at the same time, uh, I guess challenging and something new for him to take on but it sort of evolved into a gourmet store slash cafe um, we wanted to work on it as a family so we, we felt that a convenience store would sort of run itself in a way whereas mm -hmm. a cafe would really require more hands-on um, participation from all of us so we decided to go ahead with a cafe idea and initially we just wanted to have Jose and a few of his um, classmates from his group therapy we were under the guidance of their um, speech therapist who's who's also an expert in the in the field of special education so we were all uh, working together uh, in the beginning but then I guess everything just um, snowballed as people would learn more about it. They became interested in it. They wanted to be a part of it. They wanted to um, to, to help. They wanted to also be a part of um, Puzzle Cafe staff. So um, one fine day, it was just, it, it, it grew so big. It, it um, caught the attention of so many uh, media outlets um, but we tried as much as we could to stay true to what we wanted to do which was number one raise awareness for for people with special needs and beyond awareness was um, trying to help people meet people with special needs because usually when we get to converse with our customers their knowledge of special needs was very limited to things that they watch on tv things that they read but 
um, there were still some people who have never experienced making a friend or having a family member who had special needs. So we just wanted to bridge the gap between um, our customers and our staff who had um, special needs. So that's basically where everything started. And uh, right now, at, as of the moment, we are closed for operations <laughs> due to, <laughs> the, to the pandemic. So we'll see. Um, we're keeping our fingers crossed after the pandemic. We'll see where it, it um, this takes us. So yeah, hopefully we get to serve others again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fingers crossed. Um, I'm sure uh, we'll uh, see more of puzzles. I, I, I know it, like even after <laughs> this pandemic. So um, with that, uh, could you please describe really um, the type of work culture you uh, uh, and the Puzzles Cafe team really uh, have created in terms mm. of environment for uh, everyone? Mm. Well, um there's a mix, I would have to say. The way I relate to certain employees and trainees of ours is different to how I would treat, let's say, my brother. Mm-hmm. So I, I think one of the hardest, um, or not hardest, but more challenging tasks I had to undertake was yun, uh, relating to them as people. Because I, I feel that unlike... Um, neurotypical individuals like you and me. When we go into the workforce, we're expected to to behave, to to conduct ourselves in a specific way. And when those um, requirements aren't met, you know, you can you could be fired, you could be called to your boss's office, things like that, which isn't necessarily appropriate in our workspace. You know. Um, yeah our our employees with special needs for a lot of them or actually most of them this is their first job opportunity ever so they have no um training whatsoever prior to coming to us they they had little to no training of what it's like being in the workforce and even if they had training it's very very different from from the real thing and you can't expect them to be able to just change who they are and put on a a mask for the sake of the customers or for the sake of the business. You know what? You, it's sort of what you see with them is what you get. If that's their personality, that's their personality. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I'd like to give you an example. Like, for example, my brother, he he can communicate well. But he'll make it known to you if he's not interested in a conversation. So at times, when a customer would call on him and say, um, Oh, say, can I have extra napkins? He's, sometimes he would really say no. Because he's <laughs> not in the mood to do it. So that, that's what I'm trying to drive at. Like you, of course, if, if it were any other cafe or restaurant, that would be a very, very shocking situation where the employee would most likely get fired. But for us, it's it's a learning opportunity, mm-hmm. I guess, for for Jose um, and for our other employees that 
for them to see the reaction of their customers when they said that it sort of sticks in their mind that oh i shouldn't have said that but you can't i don't know you can't teach it to them prior they have to experience it first before you 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 give them the lesson that you see why you're not supposed to say something like that because it makes other people uncomfortable but if you would have said that prior it wouldn't have made sense to them they have to experience it first so i guess that's the type of culture that we have you know uh, mistakes are okay mistakes mm-hmm. have to be made for lessons to be to be to be learned and we never really had any reprimanding um situations because that's not the way you're supposed to do things in an environment like this because they they i guess the way our our education system works also especially for the special education sector there's really not much opportunity for these individuals to get trained the way college students have their ojts or their internships there's no such thing for yeah. people mm-hmm. in the special education sector so really their first uh, job opportunity is sort of like their ojt or their internship palang so you have to cut them some slack because they've mm-hmm. never had an experience like this they've never been taught anything like this so it's it's a very interesting um work environment i would say that requires a lot of patience and understanding on both sides not just uh-huh. for not just for me but for our customers also i think it's also an avenue for them to realize that you know the things that they see in movies the heartwarming stories and the, the happy endings they see in the movies that's not necessarily the reality that uh, people with special needs themselves experience you know uh, more often than not they're met with um very little to no job opportunities and when they do get job opportunities i would say it's not it's really not the same treatment as the uh, neurotypical employees experience also um, we've heard a lot of stories about them losing their jobs because mm-hmm. of certain incidents things like that so um we tried as much as we could to be a safe space for them mm-hmm. to, to make them feel like you know there's no there's no feeling of being fired there's no feeling of worrying whether or not you're, you're still gonna have a job after making a mistake things like that so we tried as much as we could <laughs> create that sort of space for them and i think or i hope until the very last day that we had in august they they felt that so that mm-hmm. was that was always my hope and that's what i that was that's what i still picture in my mind um that puzzle cafe was Mm-mm, yeah so um since you mentioned earlier um regarding of course there is a lack of opportunity for um our pwsns to really um, get opportunities to learn more about how to uh, um, be trained in the workplace. What do you think are the common misconceptions about um, them? And 
uh, now coming from your perspective as someone who employs PWSNs, um, what are the benefits of actually having um, them as employees? Mm. Well, for me, which is something I think I also experienced because my my view or my experience of people with special needs to begin with was also very limited because I only knew of my brother. I mean, I studied about it in college, but of course reading about it and experiencing it are two very different things. So mm-hmm. once we got into the thick of things, I that's when I realized that Jose is a separate person from everybody else who has the same diagnosis. They just share a diagnosis, but that doesn't mean they have the same personality. They have the same, um, I guess, um, symptom expression, how, mm-hmm. how, how their autism manifests itself or how, how they express themselves, how they are as people, how they relate to other people. They're all very, very different from each other. And we were working with not just adults with autism, but we were also working with adults with Down syndrome, adults with cerebral palsy. So I started to change my perspective in terms of don't look at them with their diagnosis, just they're people. So try to work in terms of their personality and don't think about their limitations and you know, try to try to steer things around it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, just to give you an example again, our staff with cerebral palsy, of course, in your mind, knowing that somebody has a, a mobility uh, disability, you try to make certain um, adjustments in terms of the jobs that you give them. But this particular individual, in spite of her... Um, cerebral palsy she didn't want to be given that special treatment for example serving serving soup i would always be very careful not to give it to her but she would tell me mom hindi po kaya ko po so that's when i realized that i was the one creating limitations for her diba so Although eventually she ended up making a mistake or she ended up spilling something uh, eventually. For me, neurotypical people make those mistakes also. I mean, people with no mobility issues end up making uh, or end up having accidents as well. So I, I um, it stuck to me in my mind as you know, I, we have to stop making those limitations for them. I mean, if they ask for specific um, adjustments themselves, then yes, okay, go ahead. But I guess we should change our um, our normal mindset that we should be the ones creating those um, barriers for them. I mean, they have to be part of the conversation, talaga. I mean, if you're Mm-mm, doing yes. something for them, they have to be part of that conversation. So that's one of the things that I guess companies should should learn. Because I, I, I think what scares or maybe what turns off companies from actually hiring people with special needs is the extra effort they have to put in. Mm-hmm. Not realizing that 
it's not necessarily extra effort. It's just in our minds that it's extra effort. Pero yun na nga eh, you have here an employee who's ready to take on the challenge, who's ready to to give it their all. Pero ikaw binibigyan mo siya mismo ng, ng limitations and ng barriers, which shouldn't be the case, di ba? So, I'm, I, I really hope that siguro in those five years that Puzzle Cafe was in operation and the other um, establishments that are hiring PWDs or have PWDs as part of their team served as a, not just a guide but as an example for other businesses that it's possible that mm-hmm. it doesn't take anything from your business to be inclusive and it should that inclusivity should be the norm actually diba? so that's great. And I love that um, example, no? Na, uh, the same way that we, um, neurotypicals, need training and we need that space to uh, try out different positions or different roles to um, really understand our capabilities. It's, it should be the same with our PWS and community, um, right? So uh, you mentioned that the kind of support that you guys provide are really these instances, no? a room to... Um, make mistakes, even a room to also harness, okay, what are the strengths of these individuals? And then um, from there, finding opportunities for them or finding roles for them that suit that. And I, I love that because it's the same with any type of company. No? So um, I just wanted to get your idea and thought now, why does um, disability inclusion matter anyway? So you mentioned that yeah, inclusivity should be everyone's mm. um, like in every sort of setting especially the workplace but um, I guess what I wanted to understand more from your perspective is mm. uh, what is the difference between diversity and inclusion in the workplace so to me I may be wrong <laughs> <laughs> me Diversity talks about, I feel like, um, diversity in terms of um, socioeconomic background or um, gender or, or gender orientation or sexual orientation or um, ethnicity. Um, in my mind, inclusion is um, just getting everybody involved. Um, regardless of anything, not, 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 I guess there's, there's recognizing that a person is different or that they come from a different background than you or different religion than you, different ethnicity than you, but using that as a means to not include a person, I think is where, um, inclusion comes in it just in my mind from what i've learned over the years of working in this industry that's what i've uh, grown to see inclusion to be it's choosing to to recognize that a person has a disability but still choosing to make that person a part of your of your work environment or a part of your of your team so um yeah <laughs> what i've 
uh, learned those past five years talaga. It's looking beyond their disability, recognizing their disability, but also recognizing that as individuals, they have their own strengths that they can bring to to your team or to your company. And mm-hmm. it's giving them that chance to show that in spite of of their disability. That's great. That's great. And um, just keeping that in mind, uh, I wanted to just get an idea as well. Like, could you could you walk us through, for example, your recruitment process? Since you mentioned that uh, you look into their strengths also and different roles, so um, just to understand better how it is for you guys. It's definitely not your normal. There's no recruitment <laughs> process to be honest. It's it was almost every week. Uh, we would get an application for sure, Yan. Uh, you know, just to show you how much there is a need for for businesses and um, companies like this that are inclusive. There were just so many people asking to to be a part of the team or trying to get more information about the team and. Normally, what we tried to do to sort of fix things or organize things was to partner with institutions that can can be of help to us because we couldn't do it by ourselves. We couldn't just keep accepting and accepting um, employees or trainees. So what we wanted to do was to partner with um, specific groups like schools who could um, help us with the training process. Um, This was important for us because a lot of time was being spent trying to get to know that person when we only had maybe two hours at the most with them per day. Sometimes it wasn't even every day because unlike, um, unlike, neurotypical individuals a lot of them aren't able to work an eight to five shift or even beyond that so we had to make adjustments in terms of those schedules and like i mentioned the training process was being stalled or not naman stalled but it was taking such a longer time because me myself it was taking a while for me to get to know everybody, to get used to everybody, to assign specific roles for people, to give them things to do, or to assign them to specific uh, parts of the cafe. So what we wanted to do was to partner with these schools just so they can onboard their, their staff to us. So we would spend maybe a month all together. The teachers would be orienting me or the job coaches would be orienting me. This is my student. This is how he is. This is what he's good at. This is what we see. Or this is what they would like to work on with him. And then we try to get them acclimated to the whole cafe with their teachers so that in the event something unexpected arises, we would know how to tackle that sort of situation. And it's sort of speeds up the process and at the same time it's a pleasant experience for for everybody um so again we tried our best to to work with several schools and several um organizations but of course 
still got those um, individuals who, who just came in. Mm-hmm. Just looking for an opportunity. And we, of course, having somebody with special needs in my family, it would always break my heart to say no. So we would <laughs> always end up having another member of our team that, you know, came through a walk-in. So, again, I guess we weren't as um, streamlined or as organized as a normal cafe or a, or your typical establishment would be. But I guess that's part of what makes a Puzzle Cafe different or special was that we tried to include as many people as we could. We tried to give everyone an equal opportunity to try and see what it's like being in the in an actual workplace that had real customers. Because you would see that in schools. They would have their own small cafe and the parents and the um, uh, teachers would be their customers. So it's very different from when you have actual customers that you don't know. Yeah, I'm so, sure. Uh-uh. So, I guess, kaya dun all of these, um, all of these behaviors or instances was because it was the real thing. And like I mentioned, they have to experience something to learn something from it. So, I guess for 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 me being the manager of the place it was much more beneficial for our recruitment process to be in that manner mm-hmm. for it to be between all of the stakeholders i guess in in a in an individual's life so the teachers were there their parents were also there the people concerned were on the same page in terms of what they wanted to achieve and what they wanted us to work on and their goals for each um each adult with special needs because some some of them couldn't really speak for themselves like for example for my advocate for himself and say this is what i would like to work on as an individual this is what i think i should uh work on these are my weaknesses and these are my strengths there's no way he could do that to an actual recruiter or an, an employer so he he needs somebody like me or like his teacher to help him say that so that was basically the bulk of our recruitment process it was talking to to them also we had an interview we would have an interview usually i would ask them questions about their resume but the the bulk of it was really working behind the scenes with their teachers and with their parents to to create a, the best working experience for them. I love that, and really just keeping in mind that um, in this learning process, you're including as well the stakeholders and really just their family, um, because it's a community effort, kumbaga, for everyone. Yes, yes. and. That's so exciting because um, especially coming from your perspective. So uh, if that was the really the training aspect, um, after that, uh, I'm curious to know what kind of support you have once 
um, your employees have had the chance to really settle in the workplace. So um, could you share us a bit of your experience, uh, especially, for example, your best practices kumbaga, like with, <laughs> when it comes to uh, these instances? Well, again, it's very different for each individual. So usually what happened eventually was that they they would come to work in batches. So um, there was a group that would come at a specific time because they yung group from this specific school. And then after that, it's another specific a group from a specific school who would come in. So I guess nagkakaroon ng difference lang of how um, each shift goes depending on sino ba yung nasa shift na yun. So there's a certain shift na um, these particular employees just really enjoy cleaning the cafe from top to bottom. So, alam mo na, nakapag, when they come in and there's no customers yet, they would take it up on themselves to start cleaning the shelves, cleaning the table, sweeping the floor, washing the plate, things like that. So, na-appreciate ko yun as an I guess as an employer and as a business owner that you know eventually they were able to get comfortable enough with the place to know na this is something that I have to do regardless of I guess anong nangyari sa akin sa bahay or anong nangyari sa akin outside of work when I know it's time to clean it's time to clean parang ganun so I appreciated their their dedication to their to their work um, in, in different aspects, you know, they're so excited and they're so eager to to work that the moment a customer comes in, they're very eager to, to do their work and to do it well. So, I guess, naging appreciative lang ako that, you know, you just give them a chance. They will really show you what they're capable of and what they what they can do and you know from time to time their weaknesses will definitely come out just the same with anyone but you know if you look past it or help them work through it you'll see now they're they're very loyal they're they they show their gratitude in in different ways and for me din naman kasi i'm not after their gratitude i just really want to see them succeed so for me pag nakita ko yun, the little things like that na they're used to their job they do it by themselves without me telling them that's the best reward i guess for me and it makes everything from the recruitment process the training process everything it makes everything worth it you know seeing that the opportunity you gave them they didn't take it for granted they really worked hard to to make sure that they could give their best and do their best so, yeah, and not just that, I'm sure there's that sense of accomplishment both for you as their employer and also them because they took responsibility and you saw the growth and how they thrived in that um, chance. You Just that simple yes to allow empowering them made all the difference. No? Um, and that's something I think uh, is a best practice uh, wherever you would go. Uh, whatever setting it is. So um, with that in mind, um, how do you think we can provide more opportunities for PWSNs to uh, um, 
just grow more in different workplaces. So do you have any, for example, recommendations, um, considering that there are many factors um, that we have to think about as well, uh, in terms of environment, and then even on the bigger scale, uh, mm. laws surrounding um, pertaining for our PWS and community. Mm. All right. I think, you know, for, for real solutions to arise, we really have to start at the very, very beginning of the lifespan of somebody with, with special needs. So it starts from the quality of education that they receive. So I guess it, it shouldn't come as a surprise to anyone that the special education um, sector or situation here in the Philippines is not that great. We don't have much support from the government. So you can just imagine the public school setting, especially for the special education sector. It really is not geared towards having these individuals land a job eventually. It parang for the time being lang, I guess, or just teaching them day-to-day -day skills, how to cross the street, how to eat by yourself, how to give yourself a bath, things like that. That's what they work on, which is equally important. But for me, it has to start there. Their training or gearing them for having a job eventually should be a part of their education. Because what happens is their education starts when they have a job opportunity. So for a company, for a full, fully functioning company, kung ngayon ka palang magte-training, it's taking so much time out of me, binabayaran kita, nagte-training ka palang. So I guess this is where the business sector sort of gets discouraged from doing so. Kasi for them, siguro, I'd rather hire somebody who already, who ju can just jump in and be a part of the team just like that who can who can adjust in a matter of days and not wait for somebody to to adjust in maybe a number of months pa. so for me the change has to start in the very beginning in the way we look at things and um i guess in the same way that universities produce job ready students our special education schools should also be ready to produce students who are ready to go off into different kinds of of occupations not just in in food service but in in it in management in in all all sectors because like i said these individuals they are individuals they have their own dreams they have their own aspirations so we can't just limit them na siguro dito lang kayo sa specific uh, sector na to or specific field lang na to kasi ito lang yung may opportunity. We shouldn't think of it that way. Kasi anayinyari, pinipilit nga natin sila to just work this specific job kasi ito lang yung meron eh. Whereas, if we, you know, open our minds and be be willing to take on that that challenge of welcoming them or including them in our workforce. Who knows, diba? what what they can be capable of. And we've, we've heard so many success stories coming from people who weren't given opportunities. Can you just imagine what might arise if we give all of these um, people with special needs who think so differently from us? 
I think we can we can definitely benefit from people who think differently. I mean, where would our world be if we didn't have jobs or or people who thought outside the box, diba? So if we just give them the right space and the right opportunity, who knows what what invention or what um, new practices we can come up with to to improve our to improve our businesses to improve our our specific um, fields of business. So yeah, for me, talaga, we 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 have to change the way we think about. PWDs or the way we see them as people that we need to take care of and start gearing them towards not just independence but I guess being able to to be part of society because I guess is even for parents when you ask them they really would say na he's going or he or she will be with us for the rest of our lives. We have to take care of them for the rest of our lives because who else will? Meron nga, it's, it's, it's very grim to think about, but there are a lot of parents who would tell you na, sorry, but they have to die before I die. Because if we die, who's going to take care of them? So I've, I've, I've met with parents who have that, ganun ka dire yung situation, and nobody else can take care of their loved ones except them. But I guess a lot of that has to do with yun nga eh, kasi our our mindset with PWDs is that we have to take care of them talaga kumbaga parang charity pa rin yung model natin of how we see PWDs and not as um members of society who can really make an impact and can make a difference by themselves not needing people to to really care for them 24/7 so I think if we if we start with that change and start training them and molding them to becoming individuals who can be a part of society, then it will follow. And they'll be more competent, they'll be more employable, they'll be more knowledgeable on how to conduct themselves in terms of being a a job seeker. So and eventually, I hope businesses will see that they are viable candidates for, for their businesses, right? Yeah, that's really the goal, I think, if anything, especially. Um, and it starts with being aware, yeah. I think. And I think that starts from the fact that you yourself, you mentioned that um, you caught yourself in saying, ah, I'm the person who might have been limiting. Um, my employees at first, like in some instance, and then uh, what changed, they changed your mind and they showed you um, that they can change opportunities as well once given the chance. And I think that's something that we can all take out and learn from. So um, really one of the last things, uh, one of the last two questions we uh, want to ask you is at least given the new normal, what do you think are the changes that should be made now um, with this perspective um, and what should be considered. So we understand that, of course, the pandemic has affected all of us and um, even more so the PWS and community, even more so, uh, for example, your um, uh, your cafe. So um, what do you think should be considered now moving forward? Not a lot of people realize, but I feel like 
um, our laws right now, the existing laws we have for PWDs right now are actually pretty great. Um, the question here is yung implementation. Because not all countries have a Magna Carta for PWDs. We actually do. So, for me, kung may implement lang sana properly, yung, yung kung ano man yung nakasaad dun sa mga bills na yon and sa mga sa laws na yon, the quality of life for PWDs would change drastically. So, for me, sana magkaroon ng <laughs> wishfully, wishful thinking, sana magkaroon ng accountability in terms of implementing these laws. Yung local PIDAW uh, offices na lang natin, the Disability Affairs offices, I've been able to speak with some officers from these from these uh pidaw offices and sila mismo they're not so aware of their function kumbaga when i ask them ano, ano bang trabaho ninyo or kumbaga what ano yung scope ng office ninyo what what services are you supposed to be giving out to the citizens for example the pidaw office of quezon city what what are you supposed to be doing? Parang they're not entirely sure. Or iba-iba sila ng sagot. Or they're very hesitant to, to, to give a specific answer. So parang for me, I, ang nakuha ko dun, or my main takeaway from that is they themselves aren't sure of their function as a disability awareness office. So, Doon pa lang, yung, yung magbibigay pa lang ng service, hindi na nila alam kung anong service yung ibibigay nila o paano na lang yung, yung mga tatanggap dapat ng service na yun. Di, wala na silang nakuha. So, for me, kung mas streamline lang natin properly the, the service delivery and the implementation of these laws, there's going to be a very, very drastic change in the way um, they're able to function around society. Uh, another would be if you'll notice, uh, nasa law natin na starting with government offices, all government offices and all government establishments have to have a, a accessibility plan. So there mm -hmm. has to be a ramp for, for people with mobility issues to be able to move around. But you can see na it's either yung elevators ng MRT hindi gumagana or the ramp somebody has to be, parang ang, ang iba-iba yung measurement ng ramps natin dito eh. So, for me, if we just do it properly to make sure that all government offices, or not just government offices, public spaces, all public spaces have to be accessible to absolutely everybody, wouldn't that make a change for, for people with disabilities to feel like Yes, we are a part of society. Yes, people recognize that there has to be um, um, adjustments for us. Or not, hindi nga adjustments eh. Just, ano ba naman yung ayusin natin yung ramp to make sure that people in wheelchairs can wheel themselves in, you know. Um, I, I can understand for private establishments like kami, it was quite expensive. I didn't realize it was that expensive to, to come up with a ramp. Pero parang for me, government office kayo, siguro naman may budget kayong gumawa ng, ng ramp, diba? So, kung kaya ng private sector, dapat mas kaya ng, ng, ng government. Lalo na yung mga, ganyan, mga train stations, bus 
stations, they they should be accessible, not just for for citizens, but for people with disabilities as well. So, in the same way, na I guess it starts with it has to start with implementation of the law. Kasi nandiyan eh, sayang naman kung kung ibahin pa natin yung laws, di ba? Or dagdagan natin. It would be a good thing, but the ones we have now, we should we should make sure or somebody should be held accountable to make sure na all of these laws are being are being met, di ba? Or at the very least, the people in charge should know what their functions are and should know who they should be serving and be able to carry out that service that they should be giving. Because the, the opportunities I've had speaking to the small barangays of Quezon City and meeting with their with their social workers, it's the same story over and over. Wala kaming kulang kami ng wheelchair, may mga batang walang salamin, may mga may mga bata na nilalak sa loob ng bahay it's it's a very common thing kasi nga um especially for children with autism who are nonverbal they are flight risk talaga sila they tend to gravitate towards bodies of water pa so may risk ka pa of of them drowning so ikaw especially as a mother who is not that well off single mother ka pa what other choice do you have other than locking your child inside your home to keep him safe. Diba? Pero sana kung, you know, certain policies are in place to make sure that they don't have to be locked inside their homes, that they actually have a school that can take care of them and can teach them about the dangers of of wandering outside. Or meron man lang tayong, I don't know, symbol or device that they can wear in their bodies just so people can can see that they are you know nonverbal or they are a flight risk they could be in a safer community diba but it's not that's not our reality pero kung sana lang naging mas uh, maayos yung implementation ng laws natin so i think for me personally i think that's where we should start definitely definitely and I'm sure that um, little acts, little changes that we make um, can build towards uh, a much better community for all of us and really making not just uh, our government, but really even us as individuals accountable for each other um, and having that mindset um, will make an impact for sure. So um, do you have, so as we really close out, uh, our last episode of this podcast. Um, do you have anything? Um, so for Aspire 2021, do you have anything to say to our dear listeners uh, this afternoon? Um, especially that we have future leaders, policymakers, frontliners, and different individuals who can make a difference in the long run. <laughs> I guess um, for me. I hope you realize that, yeah, change really starts with the little things. You may not think that it would make that big of a difference, but everything starts with little things. Even corruption starts with little things. So, can you imagine if, if you know, we do small good things at a time, what snowball effect that would create? So, 
just trying to change your perspective on how you look at uh, people with special needs. And I guess instead of looking at them as, ay, ang cute-cute nila, or parang, ay, ang bait-bait nila, let's stop the charity model, I guess. Let's look at them as individuals who should be a part of the competitive workforce, should be a part of the functional society. Um, and we should be, I guess, partners. Let's look at them as partners or let's look at ourselves as their partners and as their allies in helping them becoming better. So if you if you have um, family members with with special needs, I hope um, yeah, I hope you're able to to guide them in the right direction. I hope you're able to um, give them the right opportunities if you can. And if you are thinking of becoming a business owner, maybe you can think about becoming an inclusive business owner. Because again, I hope you take it or you take Puzzle Cafe as an example uh, of a business who, or a family who did not know what they were doing. But <laughs> anyway. Um, so just to prove to you that it can be done. So if you are a business-minded person, I'm sure you're going to succeed far better. <laughs> we didn't know what we were doing, but we lasted five years. So what more people who are actually experienced in this field? And if for, you know, for anything or for anyone who's interested, we are right here. We are not selfish in terms of our business model. If if there's anyone out there interested in making their business inclusive, there are people who want to help you and who want to see you succeed. And that's me. <laughs> so if you need anything, just just message me. Um, I would love to see more inclusive businesses arise. Likewise, likewise. I think all of us um, learned a thing or two, um, really just getting more of understanding um, how we can really provide uh, a, a space for growth, not just for PWSNs, but even us as um, those who could be uh, future business leaders, policymakers, and all. The opportunities are endless as long as we have a different mindset. And uh, I, I really love that, um, again, including everyone as stakeholders and accountable for building up the community, building up um, each other as members of society and um, definitely uh, this opportunity to get your insights um, has been great Miss Shab <laughs> really um, getting more learnings from you um, I'm sure everyone uh, really is grateful for that so it's because of people like you um, who are willing to teach who are willing to uh, work uh, and really grow with us to create a better working environment for the sector. Um, it's truly aspiring. <laughs> so with that, this has been the last episode of Aspire 2021 on the Speak Out podcast. Um, we do hope that you did learn a lot from our speaker today who provided us with um, really insightful insights, even best practices, and even a helping hand. Um, so I do think that we can say with confidence that um, now with this new mindset and this awareness, uh, especially about inclusive workplaces, 
um, this is something we can carry with us moving forward. So hopefully, um, as we close Aspire 2021, uh, as officially, the advocacy does not stop here. So thank you very much. And once again, this is Rana uh, signing out. <laughs> great, great. A round of applause, please, uh, for Ms. Shab. Well, on Zoom, we can just click the... <laughs> Thank you. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.